Welcome to the Encouragement Engineering Podcast, where listeners will be encouraged with positive thoughts and actions that can be applied to combat that negativity that inundates our daily lives. Guiding people to see a positive perspective in personal and professional life events. Now, here is your host, Bob Brum, the Encouragement Engineer. Welcome to the Encouragement Engineering Podcast. We help people to combat the negativity that inundates our daily lives with a positive perspective and positive action. Today's guest is Robert Bass. Robert also encourages others, but he does it with the good news of Jesus. Robert is a pastor, public speaker, and author located near Jacksonville, Florida. Robert and his wife, Carmen, founded Redeemed on Purpose, a business dedicated to equipping families with resources for a healthy life. He has authored three books, and his most recent book is The Hidden Fruit. Before entering full-time ministry, he owned a personal training business and was a master-certified Mercedes-Benz employee. He also enjoys spending quality time with his family and his son and recharges through sports and loves to play competitive tennis. So welcome to the show, Robert Bass. Robert, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me on and looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, yeah. Well, if we can, let's tell a little bit more about you, how you got to where you are, so people can get to know you a little bit. Yeah, like you shared in the bio, I have been through a lot yeah. <laughs> from being a tennis athlete to owning a personal training business to working for Mercedes, fixing cars. So I have a lot of different experience in different areas. But what I like to tell people is it's amazing what you can do by just faithfully following God. And there's a lot of freedom in being a Christian a lot of people think that being a Christian is constraining. There are all these things I can't do, right? There's these rules, but it's actually the opposite. God gives us a lot of freedom right. to operate in the gifts and talents he's given us. And so it, it's just cool to see what God does in our life. Well, and it's a great step because, I mean, it's sometimes I think it's hard for people to understand that, that we have all these gifts and we have these talents that are given to God by us. How do you help people to see that? I think that's important for our society today because so many things are going 200 miles an hour. They don't get a chance to, you know, see anything hardly, you know, does it take time to slow down, to realize hearing that message or what, what is it that helps people to see their gifts? Yeah, I really encourage people to find a mentor. And when I say mentor, like someone that can pour into you that has rights to your life, rights to speak into your life. And so sometimes that can be a friend, but also sometimes friends aren't honest yeah. with us. And so you have these different relationships, but what has changed my life dramatically, I wouldn't have written a book without a mentor because I had, I sat down with someone and they're like, Robert, you've been through a lot in your life. You've been in motorcycle accidents and lost everything through Hurricane Katrina and all of these things. And yet you're still here and you're still sane. Yeah. And so he was like, you need to share this with others. So I would have never thought about writing a book if it wasn't for a mentor looking at my life and saying, hey, I see this. I see this potential. I, I see this opportunity for you. And so a big question I always encourage people is who is someone that's speaking into your life, whether it's a parent, uh, a, a business owner, what, whatever you desire to be in your life. Who is that person that is speaking into you and encouraging you? That's a great point um, because so many times the person doing it, you may not recognize as one that has the good ideas. Sometimes it just takes a moment to step back. 
Um, it was interesting in looking over your 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 web page and your bio and everything. There's a quote that's very interesting. It says, "Your ability to receive is determined by your capability to give," and it's I love that because I always think of the scenario of it's hard to give if you have closed fists. You know, you've got to give and even to receive, you have to open your hands. And I think that's important. Can you explain that a little more? I, I, I think that's a great quote for people to realize. Yeah. And that's such a good analogy <laughs> that I use uh, when, when I tell people that something I've been thinking about recently is there's a difference between a pond and a river. And so a pond receives resources or receives water and keeps it. It stores yeah. it. But if it doesn't get more rain, then the pond dries out. But a river has a constant flow to it because it's connected to a source that is bigger than them. And this is the way I look at our generosity in our life with our with our money, with our time, with our talents is when I begin to pour out like a river, well, now I'm actually tapping into the resources that God has. Right. But when I act like a pond and, and I hold things like you mentioned with a closed fist, then nothing also gets in. Right. And so if, if I actually want to live a life where the Lord can trust me with resources, if I want to live a life where I can give to others, then I need to be able to give. And you know how God works is usually he asks us to give first, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to trust yeah. him, to have faith. And so in a lot of scenarios, even in my personal life, God has asked me to give. He's asked me to do way before I have seen him provide. And so I want to encourage those listening, if you desire to have extra resources to give, well, you're probably going to have to give first when it's yeah. maybe a little painful and, and a sacrifice in your finances. And so something me and my wife do is we set aside a certain amount of money every month to be able to give to others. Sometimes that looks like me taking people out to dinner. Sometimes that looks like me paying for someone's gas, or it could be a billion different things right but the point is i've intentionally set money aside to help other people and that originally started with twenty dollars hmm. i started with twenty dollars that i was going to give away every single week and believe it or not it's hard <laughs> to give away twenty dollars every single week but it trains your mind yeah to be able to think how can i help what can i do how can i give and i started with that twenty dollars giving away coffee yeah huh. and that is changed my life for the good well and that's a, a good point you make there is is the mindset shift um it's, it, you know if you can give when you have a little you can give when you get a lot so um it's that mindset it's training that discipline training that focus that we can offer people you know something and it, it doesn't have to be much i mean i've done that too where you know you see you know a homeless guy that came in and he's looking at a menu at a restaurant and you know, he's got five bucks and making sure, you know, okay, can you get a cup of coffee or something like that? And you sneak up to him and say, here, you know, just hand him a 20 or something like that and get some food. Um, it, it doesn't take a whole lot, um, but it's the mindset. It's that, that that opportunity of seeing those, if you will, seeing that opportunity and doing it. So great reminder for people. Yeah. And training your eye to see those things. Like you yeah. said, like, do I see the other people in the restaurant when I'm yeah. going out to eat? Do I even notice the waiters, the people yeah. that are supposedly serving me? Do I notice them? Do I know their name? Do I know maybe what they're going through? Because we can tell. Yeah. As human beings, you can tell when someone else is going through something. So when we have that eye to see and that shift, 
we can begin to bless others and impact their life in an amazing way because we've trained ourselves to see that way. Right. Great. Great. Now, that brings up another point that, if you will, I, I look at these scenarios of how you're helping people, and that offers hope to people. How else do you, if you will, offer hope to people throughout you know your life and what you do and what your wife do? Yeah, I I try to be intentional with injecting myself or putting myself in other people's lives mm -hmm. because I've had people do that to me. Part of my story is I was in a motorcycle accident. I had a lot of friends. Well, I thought I had a lot yeah. of friends. And all of a sudden, I'm in this accident, and I can't walk. I can't work. I, I can't pay bills. And all of these so-called friends weren't there for me. Mm -hmm. And so – but it was people at a church who didn't know me who didn't really have a relationship with me, decided to put themselves in, in my life. They mm. would pick me up to take me to physical therapy and make sure I had food. So I had people step into my life when they didn't have to, when they didn't know me, when they didn't have a relationship with me out of love to help me overcome that situation. And so that is the biggest thing for me is to actually intentionally put myself in other people's lives and in other people's situations to help. Sometimes people don't want our help, and that's yeah. okay. You can't force your help, but I can offer it. I can put myself in a situation where someone could possibly benefit from my help, and that's kind of counterculture in America yeah. is we usually live very isolated lives where it's it's I'm focused on me. I'm living in my world, my bubble. And we're we get kind of afraid to put ourselves into someone else's life because they may reject us. Right. They they may take advantage of us, and all those things could possibly be true. But imagine the blessing and benefit you you can help someone with if you're willing to do that. It it far's outweighs the situations where people don't want your help or abuse you, um, because again, that's happened to me. Yeah. People have tried to use me to to do this, to do that, you know, and, and but that's few, honestly, that's the few um, that I've come across. So the people I've been able to help, me and my family and the church have been able to help is amazing. The stories are amazing that we get to hear right. how, you know, you, you gave someone food at the moment where they ran out, like they literally ran out of money and you thought about them and you sent them food and and that was the moment where they're like i don't know what i'm gonna eat tonight like you just can't make these stories up how right. god can use you to make such a big difference if you're willing to put yourself in other people's lives wow that's great and that's important because i think our society needs that it's like we're we're not in this world alone it's not just us against the world we're how many billions of people in this world um, people have gone through what we've gone through and talking to somebody is a start to help get over the hurdles you may put in front of you or put in your mindset. So great, great information there. Um, there's an, it's interesting because you, your last book is, is the, uh, hidden fruit and it, it talks, it's more about the, the idea of God's blessing, what he can do for us. Um, but, uh, it's interesting because you talk about health in what you do as well. Now, is that because of 
that book or is the health more of, you know, just healthy lifestyle to be more focused on what God offers? Yeah, when you think about the concept of fruit, so the hidden fruit is about the fruit of the Holy Spirit from Galatians 5, but fruit is cultivated from a healthy environment. And so a tree or, or bush or plant produces fruit when the environment that it's in is healthy. Okay. So if I take that tree that's currently bearing fruit and, and put it in an unhealthy environment, it won't bear fruit. Right. So our environment, what how we steward ourselves and our life matters so much. The physical, how we treat ourselves physically, the food we eat, the, how we get exercise, these are important to our mental health. There's so many studies that connects your physical health to your mental and emotional right. health. Going outside for those that work at home, like you've got to go get some sunlight. Yeah. You've got to be outside. You need relationships, uh, whether even if it's sometimes superficial and you just say hi to a neighbor or a random person walking down the road, there's something that keeps us healthy with human interactions. Right. Um, and so having a healthy environment is so important to our walk and to us achieving what we actually desire to see in our life, which is the fruit, right? Which is love and joy right. and peace. These are the things we want, but we try to achieve through working or money or, or resources. And so it's so important for us to focus on the environment and why that brings me so much hope is because I can control my environment, right? I can control the things I allow into my life. Now I can't control the, what happens to me in the world, right? I, I can't control the bad things that are happening, but I can control what I allow in. So just like a plant, there's going to be times where you have to clean out the soil, water it, yeah. give it sunlight, like all of these things yeah. that we actually need as humans. But sometimes we forget that these things are so important to the overall health and getting the life that we actually desire. And that's a, I always think of that because I grew a lot of palm trees and I, I get the analogy with growing plants. I mean, you got to tend that soil. You got to make sure it's aerated. You got to make sure the weeds aren't growing it. You got to water it, you know, make sure there's vital nutrients in it. Um, and we get to do that for our life as well. Our life is, the soil is, what are we doing on a daily basis? What are we listening to? What are we watching? You know, who are we around? Those are all factors of the soil that we put our roots into. Um, great reminder for people. Thank you for that. Yeah. And I've heard the expression that we are a sum of our five closest friends in our life, but we are also the byproduct of the things that we pour in. Right. And so if I'm pouring in things that I, I don't actually desire to see, we have to evaluate that. We, we just talked about that in one of the questions, like I need to evaluate my life yeah. sometimes. Yeah. And what am I doing? Like, what am I pouring into my life? Right. Like, why am I listening to this song? Why mm. am I watching these things on social media or whatever it would be? Because is that going to get me what I desire? Right. And most of the time that answer is going to be no. Right. Like this is not going to produce the life that I want. So why am I doing that? Right. Right. Why am I watching this? Why, you know, people ask me all the time, should I, should I watch scary movies? I'm like, well, scary movies produce fear. That is the point. No one's going to argue that it it produces fear in your life. Some people like it, some don't. But the point is, do I want fear in my life? 
do I want a fearful, anxious yeah. kind of a life? Well, if I don't, then I probably shouldn't be watching these style of movies or going attending these kind of events because that's what it's producing. Right. It's meant to produce fear. And so we really need to evaluate what we're doing and what we're pouring into our life. And that's a great reminder. I always think, of, and I've used it a couple of times speaking to groups is Zig Ziglar talked about how you need to constantly wash yourself, you know, of what goes on in our society, the stuff that comes into our mind. And what I've done is taken a jar of water and have dirty water in it and just show people. And it's like, okay, here's what society puts into your mind. But in order for you to keep cleaning that out, and I'll take another jar of clean water and just start pouring over that. And you watch the dirty stuff start to flow out. So we've got to recharge our mind and, and put that good back in. And so that's the same type of thing you're talking about is, you know, reevaluating and washing that stuff out. We don't need it. We don't need to carry that around with us. Um, yep, exactly. What drives your passion? I'm, I'm always interested in that because, I mean, you're, you know, you got God in your back pocket. So that's a pretty good, you know, tool there. Um, what else drives your passion, though, to help people? Yeah, because I've been through it. Yeah. I I've experienced what love is like. I grew up in church and I would say that I knew a lot about God. I knew a lot about the Bible, but mm -hmm. there's a difference between knowing about somebody and experiencing their presence. A lot of people know of these pro athletes or these superstars and you may know about them. You may have read articles. And right done research about them, but when you're around them and you actually get to know them and you've got their phone number and you can text them, it's a different kind of relationship and experience. And so I knew about love. I knew what the Bible said about love. I knew how God loved me in the Bible from an intellectual standpoint. But when I went through that motorcycle accident, I got to experience what the love of God was like because people came and helped me unconditionally. They didn't have to didn't have to be there and so my passion really comes from i've experienced a lot of things i've experienced tragedy right and i've experienced what the world has to offer I've, I've had nice houses and cars and clothes and all these things that didn't actually bring me peace so i've experienced everything the world says that they can give you right and it wasn't enough so i know what i don't want <laughs> and yeah. i know what's not going to work and then i've also experienced what god offers and I've experienced what true peace is like when going through tragic, horrible times in my own life, but yet not seeming rattled right. that knowing that I have hope yeah. when everyone else around me is, is hopeless. And yet I have this hope that I can't explain this peace that I can't explain. And so I've e experienced God in some amazing ways in my life. And this is what drives me because I want other people to experience it. I want other people to know God um, I heard this quote one time that this atheist was talking to this pastor and he was saying all these things about God and listing off all these things why he doesn't follow God. And the pastor simply responded, well, you don't know the God I know. And so sometimes we experience God or we think we know who he is, but yet when we encounter his presence that we can truly begin to see his heart and his passion for us. And so sometimes we need to challenge ourselves. Do I, do I really understand God and his ways? And, and how can I to make right. sure I fully know? And so that's where my passion comes from. It's because God's done a lot in my life and I want other people 
to experience the same thing. And that's, that's a great gift that, you know, it, it stinks you have to go through the tragedy, but I think we all go through some type of tragedy in our lives that helps us learn, helps us grow, helps us share that, that value of what we've learned um, through God, through his presence, through him giving us strength when we thought we didn't have it. Um, that's, that's some great power. So um, thank you for that reminder. Um, as I mentioned, your, your books, um, because several of them, they have purpose in the title. What is a great purpose? Yes, I love this question. Yeah. Uh, because even when I began to write the book, I would say I didn't, before I wrote the book, I didn't fully understand what my purpose was. Okay. But as I began to walk out life with God, right, from being a tennis athlete to fixing cars to personal training, now being a pastor, I quickly began to realize that my purpose is connected through my relationship with God. And here's what I mean. That if, if I think that my purpose is being a pastor, right? Mm -hmm. Well, those seasons of me being a tennis athlete and working on cars and having a personal training business, then I would look back at those seasons or look at those seasons like I'm not fulfilling my purpose. And, and that, that, that breeds hopelessness right. and, and it breeds frustration and discouragement, which is not what God desires for us. So what I've realized is God desires to move in our lives in so many ways. And this is that freedom I was talking about at the beginning is I feel like I am fulfilling my purpose just as much as having this great conversation with you on this podcast as I am preaching on stages, as I am sharing my book, as, as I was as a personal trainer right. and, as a, and as an athlete. And so we get our purpose is connected through our relationship with God. And that brings me so much freedom because I can freely share at the grocery store if I'm talking to someone. Again, it's that seeing other people's lives. When I'm talking to a waiter and helping and encouraging them at a restaurant, I'm doing my purpose. Right. Right. And, and so I now have all this freedom with my relationship with God and in this world to accomplish so much, to, to use the gifts that God has given me in amazing, unique ways that only I'm going to be able to do because I've been placed in these environments. And so it's really a perspective shift, right? My purpose is yeah. not a destination. It's not trying to get somewhere. My purpose is this journey that I'm on and how can I make a difference? How can I bring peace and love and joy into situations and, and bring hope? Awesome. And that's, that's invigorating because that I could see you sharing with people and, you know, people, whether it's wait staff or anybody having a rough day and all of a sudden you, you share that encouragement, share that light with them. It really brightens people up. And, um, you know, that's a great thing to be able to do with people. And like you said, it's, it's through what you've experienced your path and that's your purpose is to continue to do that. So great, great ideas for people. Um, thank you for that, for sharing that. And I, you know, keep that up because that's always a great thing we need in our society. Um, if you can, let's talk about your latest book a little bit, your hidden fruit. Um, because it talks about, you know, the idea of what God has for you. Tell us a little bit more about that because it's the title and then the description on it is really interesting. And I, and I want you to expand for people listening. 
Yes. Um, I, I believe God has so much more in store for us, just like a good father would, right? And so he wants the best for his children. He wants to see us thrive and prosper. When you read the Bible in Genesis, his desire for us was to be fruitful and multiply. And so from the very beginning, God has a great plan for our life, that he wants us to live an abundant life, that he wants us to be blessed. But we don't always see that, do we? I mean, just being honest, this, this in this world, we see war and, and hate and division and, and all, we see the opposite yeah. a lot of times of being fruitful and multiplying. And so, but that's God's heart and his desire. And so if that's his desire, then I know he has good intentions for me. And now I can focus on, okay, how do I get that? Right? So I wrote the book on the fruit of the Holy Spirit from Galatians five twenty two, and it talks about the different you know, gifts that, that God has given us, the different fruit, really, not not gifts, but like love and mm-hmm. joy and peace and patience. Yeah. Oh, we all need yeah. more patience and self-control. Like that was the biggest deal for me as a trainer is I noticed so many people didn't have self-control. Like we, yeah. could, we mm-hmm. couldn't control eating those cookies yeah. at 10 o'clock at night. You know, that, that was the biggest deal. But that is, these are things God desires for our life. So if he desires it, and, and it's available, then how do I get it? So I know he wants to give it to me, and I know that it's that it's a byproduct of his presence. So how do I get it? That's the big question. How, how do I get it? And that's why I wrote this book to help answer this question, is how do I live with love? Right. If I know God wants hmm. me to live this way, how? How do I have peace? How do I have peace when there's so many bad things happening around me that makes me want to fear? How, right. how do I live with peace? And so that began to bring me so much hope because I knew that God desired to do these things with his people and for us to experience a better life. And it's not just when we get to heaven. Right. That's a big perspective shift is God desires these things now. Right, right. And, and so I'm not just waiting to get to heaven, Right. God desires for me to make a difference in this world and to bring his kingdom, bring his peace and his love and his joy to this earth now. And so that I have a purpose, right? Yeah. There we go. There like go. I, I have down. a purpose. Yeah. I have a mission. When I wake up every single morning, I know today is a new day. I was listening to this podcast recently and and the guy asked his his audience, he says, if if I would give you $10 million, but you couldn't wake up tomorrow, like that was it, your life was over. If I gave you $10 million today, but your life was over tomorrow, would you take the $10 million? And almost everyone said, no, they're not going to take it, right? He goes, so yeah. you're telling me that that waking up tomorrow is worth $10 million. And that has helped me so much. When I wake up every single morning, I said, today's a $10 million day. That's, that's a great <laughs> idea. Yeah. It is valuable. Today is worth it. And I'm going to try to make the most out of today. So how can I make the most out of today? I'm not going to be robbed of my joy in my peace right. of today, right? Because today yeah. is worth it. Uh, it. It's not worth me giving my peace to someone else no. because maybe an opinion or whatever yeah. that they would have for me. And so just knowing what's available for our life can drastically change how we view our day. Awesome. Wow. Wow. 
That's great. I love that because I love that analogy of a $10 million day. I never thought of it that way. You know, I, I look at it as, okay, I got the chance to, I woke up. That's a good start because some people haven't gotten that. And so um, I'm very appreciative of that. And it's, I try to make the best of it, but that's a, it's an interesting one, a $10 million day. <laughs> yeah. It's not my idea. I don't take credit for it, but yeah. it was, it was a good reminder that today has value. Oh yeah, right? definitely. It's, it's not just that I woke up, which I am thankful for. Yeah. Cause there's been days I woke up in the hospital yeah. from accident. So I'm glad to wake up in my own bed for yeah. sure. Yeah. But to know that today has value. Yeah. That, that today is a very valuable day um, is, is a big shift. And for you and for others, that's the important part. So, well, Robert, where can people find out more about you, follow you on your webpage? Tell us about your social media links so they can make sure they get a hold of you and can follow what you're doing. Yes, like you said, I'm passionate about other people experiencing uh, God's presence. So I'd actually love uh, to give away a free sample copy of my new book, Hidden Fruit. So if your audience goes to hiddenfruitbook.com, you'll see there's these short eBooks there and you can enter the code sample at checkout oh, wow. and get a free copy of that. Okay, great. Thank you. I appreciate that. Awesome. Well, great. We'll make sure we put that in the show notes so people you know, can follow that and get that for you. That's a great, great gift. I really appreciate that. So um, <clears throat> I want to say thank you, Robert, for being a guest on the Encouragement Engineering Podcast today. I really appreciate your time, your insight, and the encouragement and enlightenment you're offering our world. Thank you so much for doing that. You're welcome. It's been a great conversation. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. I really appreciate it. You have a great one. Hello, this is Bob Brum, your encouragement engineer. I want to be your contrarian. I want to help you in the battle to overcome the negativity that inundates our daily lives. You're better and greater than your situation, and you've been given a gift by our great creator. As an encouragement engineer, I can help you to see the value of a positive perspective, positive actions, and positive mindset in your life. No matter if you're a solopreneur, or corporate contributor, or a large organization, the value of your greatness needs to be shared with the world. As an author and encouragement engineer, I would love the opportunity to enlighten your organization with the value of positivity for your situation. We can overcome negativity with the light of positivity. I encourage you to contact us at BobBrumSpeaks.com for more information, and let's have a conversation about your situation and how we can help you. Thanks for joining us on the Encouragement Engineering Podcast. To learn more about the services Bob provides, please visit his website at BobBrumSpeaks.com for more information, and please feel free to share this podcast to your friends.